0: Mom, Dad, I humbly suggest you save some money and shop Amazon for back to school. It's for my growth, meaning my body's growing at an alarming rate. And clothes you buy me this year will be very small very soon. Plus, the clothes I love today will be out of style tomorrow. But at least your wallet doesn't have to be my fashion victim if you shop low prices for school at Amazon. Hopefully this is helpful. Amazon, spend less, smile more.
1: Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education
0: seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.
2: In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to
3: buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Today we have a great show exploring international markets. So, as a business brokerage firm, we do business internationally, and we went out on the road to speak and interviewed some of our franchisees and master franchisees in Australia, the UK, South Africa, and France, and really. Found out some great opportunities for international buyers and just the opportunity for buyers to educate themselves of what's going on in the world stage.
4: Yeah, sometimes we talk about a lot of people immigrating to the United States. But as we learned, you know, even with Trans World, when we decided to launch International, there's opportunity everywhere. And so some of the greatest markets, uh, Australia has been great for United Franchise Group. Uh, they went there many, many years ago, and it has still is one of the Top countries in the world for Cinerama and fully promoted, and you know now Transworld. I mean, I've been over to Australia and I'm just marvel. It's just a a young kind of country, still plenty of room to expand. And we talked to Jerry o- O'Gorman today, and and he kind of echoes that sentiment.
1: Right. And, you know, the UK, not as young as nearly as young, but, you know, the UK is really a big opportunity for Transworld as well and a lot uh, for business investors in the UK, especially in small business. And we we talked to Henry Ziff from our London office, and there was some themes that echoed in all these offices and that some of these countries are going through some changes right now. Obviously, the UK is about to go through Brexit, but change can bring a lot of opportunity for international buyers for things like investment or acquisition or even, you know, relocating to a different country to take advantage of some economic growth.
4: Yeah. I mean, you see France with the yellow vest protests where, you know, people are fighting for economic change, but those things kind of bring on, you know, the maybe big businesses pulling back a little bit and small businesses uh, taking, you know, the opportunity to expand it and and in Australia they just went through the royal commission on banking and you know jeremy was saying that you know certainly there was a restructuring and a reordering and and people kind of taking a pause but you know again uh, jeremy talks about that you know it's a great opportunity for small businesses to expand because uh there's not as many buyers and the and and the right now the multiples are not as high as they usually are so There's a great opportunity for small business in Australia. And again, when I was there, I just, it just seems like such a young place. The cities are building uh, real estate. It was hot and still kind of hot, but I think it's taking a pause as well.
1: Yeah. And as very similar themes in South Africa too, you know, South Africa doesn't, has done a lot of reorganization in the last few years and Jacques uh, Stoltz talks to us about what's going on um, now and they're still kind of coming out of that. But what's happening is it's, it's uh, suppressing the, the RAND value. And if you're an outside investor, if you're investing internationally, that gives you a large opportunity to really take advantage of some suppressed pricing there and kind of catch your investment or your business on the upswing. Um, But, you know, there's just, I think business owners need to think internationally now. Like we're a global economy and whether you're doing business in the United States or the UK, you could be serving customers all over the world. So there is an opportunity to look for acquisitions in other countries, if you're a small business owner, to diversify your investments and maybe even get, you know, some of your distribution closer to your customers.
4: Yeah. I mean, listen, the... the the pound is, is certainly, you know, quote, unquote, less for the United States. Uh, the same with the Australian dollar. I mean, your dollar, United States dollar goes a lot farther in those countries. And you have some buying power right now that you didn't have like five, six years ago. So uh, it's certainly an opportunity to go over there and check it out. And and, and the other thing is, you know, you, you're going to need some local partners. And, th- and th- we talk about that as well. And. You know we've had some great local partnerships again with uh Henry and Michael Ziff and jeremy uh and other franchisees in australia and and Jacques, I mean Jacques is his family has been in the business for years over there, and we certainly couldn't go to South Africa without somebody like him.
1: Right. And, and we do talk a lot about that in those, these interviews too, is, you know, what is different in the process of buying a business in another country? Because there are different regulations, um, you know, financing structures are much different. Um, these countries, they don't have the luxury of having a program like the SBA loan, pro- loan program we have in the United States. So you definitely need some good partners to help you through the financing section of an acquisition as well.
4: So it's great to hear from three different areas of the world. And I think we're, let's jump right into it.
1: Yeah, let's get to it. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we're talking to some of our franchisees and brokers from around the world, just getting to know a little bit more about international markets and how business sales are treated in those markets. So joining me, I have Henry Ziff, who is our master franchisee in the British Isles and also the managing director of Transworld Business Advisors of London. Welcome to the show, Henry.
5: Hi there, Jessica. Thanks for having me on today.
1: So, tell me a little bit about the market in um, London in the UK. Is it an active sales market right now? Seller's market, buyer's market? How would you describe it?
5: Well, I I think very similar to what you guys have here in the US. You know, there's uncertainty with, we have Brexit coming along. You guys have your government shut down at the moment. Um, But on the whole, you know, the market's really strong. Um, We have lots of people who are interested in looking at selling their business, especially this time of year in kind of January. Um, And... We've got lots of interesting buyers out there who are um, looking at uh, buying their first businesses in order to kind of de-risk, you know, potential redundancies later in the year.
1: Interesting. So, so very similar timing-wise. You know, January and the, the beginning of the year is a really active time for buyers looking for businesses too. So, good time to get your business on the market. So, if you're a seller in the UK or someone considering selling their business, you know what would be some pieces of advice that you would give um, that business owner in preparing to list their business on the market?
5: That's that's a great question. One we get every single day. Um, I think the best the best advice is really kind of organize books and records and kind of have them uh, and have them for the last kind of three, five years. Three, five years, Um, you know, that's a hugely important one when someone's looking at buying a business is being able to prove the kind of um, seller's profit, net profit in the business. Um, Another one really is kind of prepare to sell. So don't just go, I want to sell now, but kind of have a think, you know, if if you're considering exit, kind of have an exit plan, which could look at a variety of different, uh, which could look at a variety of different things over a kind of a one, two, three-year time horizon.
1: What do local buyers need to do in order to purchase a business in the UK? And does that change if you're out of the country or say you're a US citizen that's looking to make an investment in the UK?
5: I think there's a couple of different things in there jessica um you know a, lo- a local buyer buying a small business um very similar to here in the u.s you know it's locate we always talk about location 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 being the most important thing um you know if they're are they are they going to work in the business they do they want to employ their kind of family or friends in the business all these things are really important when looking at the kind of site the size and investment level um for bigger buyers yeah we have absolutely we have kind of international buyers, especially coming to us in London, um, where we have, you know, all sorts of kind of small, medium sized businesses in all sorts of industries. And, you know, people looking to buy businesses as invest as investments. Um, And that kind of happens in a couple of different ways either. So a bit like you guys have with your E2 visa scheme, um, we get people coming to the UK um, on kind of on V on business visas. um, But we also have kind of plenty of international investors who are just looking to acquire good businesses around the UK or the British Isles.
1: Interesting, interesting. So, lots of opportunity in London right now. I know you guys have a lot of great listings. Um, you and me me and you were just chatting about financing a little bit and in the US we're pretty um we're, we're pretty reliant on the SBA program and financing program, which obviously is a US government run program. What kind of financing options are there for businesses in the UK?
5: So, probably quite similar again. Um, You know, we have deals where I think kind of lots of our deals have an element of seller financing in. So that would be where the seller would defer some of their um, payment over kind of a one, two year period. Um, But we also kind of have more traditional means of financing, things like asset financing. Um, I know you guys have the kind of SBA loans here in the US. What we have, we have the startup loans company in the UK, which is similar, just I think on a smaller scale. Um, I suppose one of the points of difference in the two in the businesses is that we outsource lots of our finance work to finance specialist finance brokers. It's a regulated activity in the UK, so we can't really touch it. We introduce our buyers to, to our finance brokers, to our, to our panel of finance brokers that we work with
1: actually a good thing though, right? To have a partner like that and a finance broker that's an expert in acquiring finances for transactions like this. So last question, I know you have a lot of good listings right now. What would be uh, the most interesting business that you have listed for sale um, or the the one that you think attracts um, an international buyer pool?
5: We've got a great business for sale it's a large uk distributor and wholesaler of leather accessories um it's well known and well established and one of the largest but largest business of its of its type in the uk with over 700 wholesale accounts um we have it listed for 1.1 million pounds and it makes about four hundred fifty thousand pounds profit
1: Great. So if um, people want to contact you or learn more about this specific listing or any businesses available um, in the UK, or even maybe to sell their business, how would they reach out to you, Henry?
5: So the best way is go to our website, tworldba.co.uk and click get in touch.
1: Thanks for joining us, Henry, and giving us an idea of the business for sale market in the British Isles. And we'll drop some of those links into the show notes, but we wish you the best of luck in 2019.
5: Thanks for having me, Jessica. Same to you guys out in Denver, Colorado.
1: Hey, Andy, you know what time I think it is? I think it's time to talk about our deal of the week.
4: Deal of the week. Welcome back, everybody. And yes, it's time for deal of the week.
6: Sold.
4: So we have with us today a very special guest, Ken Gorman from our Transworld Business Advisor's office in London, London, England, of Southwest, the Southwest side. And Ken, welcome. Tell us about your deal.
6: Yeah, sure. So this is a uh, an electronics wholesaler. Uh, they they have a, a giant warehouse, and they're the guys that if you're a, an electrician, you go to to get all of your stuff. Um They uh, turn over about $7 million a year. Uh, Their um, EBITDA is about $600,000 a year. And we actually got them through a a telemarketing lead. And literally, when you go in, you have to go to the counter to ask for the owner. And I had to go back three times before he would actually see me because he was too busy the first two times. And I actually, on the third time, he he, uh, gave me 10 minutes and... uh, and an hour and a half later, I got the, the listing on in that meeting, which was great. We actually uh, found a uh, an investor buyer uh, that, that made an offer, and we went down the track with that. But he decided he didn't like him, and then he wanted uh, at least $1.5 million um, up front, uh, and, as well as seller financing. And so we found him an- another investor buyer uh, that was willing to to do that. Uh, we, we had to wait until they did the stock take at the end of the year. And uh, we got that done, and, and his, his EBITDA was actually higher. Um, than we were forecasting. And uh, we went down the track and um, have a very happy buyer and seller and he's off to his uh, retirement. So how much did it sell for? Uh, It sold for, uh, it's 2 million pounds, which is about $2.6 million.
4: And what was the uh, seller's discretionary earnings approximately?
6: Uh, the, um, seller's profit, the, the thing is they had to replace the, the owner. And so we, we didn't factor that in, but the, the seller's profit would have been, um, 600,000 pounds. So about, um, $800,000. But when we, we subtracted out his cost, it was about half a million pounds or about, um, I, I guess about some, something like, uh, $700,000. Great. Well, Thanks for coming on this week and telling us about a great deal Another good deals for good people. Appreciate it and uh, look forward to talking to you sometime soon.
1: Okay, welcome back, everybody. Today for our international show, we're talking to franchisees all around the world. And with me, I have Jacques Stoltz, who is our master franchisee in South Africa. Jacques, welcome to the show and thanks so much for joining us.
2: Uh, thank you very much, Jessica. It's a real pleasure and honor to be on your show.
1: Great. Well, let's let's start how we've talked with everybody else, Jacques. Just tell us a little bit about the South African economy. How is it right now? Is it are you guys in an upswing? Um, are you kind of at the top of the market? Or in general, what's what's going on in the economy down
2: there? Well, uh, Jessica, to tell you the truth, I'm actually quite um, optimistic and positive about South African economy in general. We're currently facing a number of um, challenges. These include. Um, Um, a number of um, commissions of inquiries that are actually going on um, in the government sector. Um, And um, they actually exposing corruption and fraud in a scale that we've never seen before. Now, obviously, obviously that is quite bad for us. Um, You know, the the media exposure that we get um, worldwide with regards to um, the fraud allegations, but um, you know, as bad it is as it is now, um, it, the, the future may look much more promising because of this coming out now. You know, uh, and finding some solutions to and um, means to uh, to stop corruption. You know, that's that's a, a big positive for us. Um, we we also facing um, a presidential elections in in May now. The uncertainty is is a problem for for the economy because there's a a lot of um, um, major role players in the economy that um, is playing the wait-and-see card. But um, in general, I think after the the elections, um, there will be an upward trend in the South African economy. Um, a, A major... Um, it's a positive for, for international people, but it's a negative for, for local South African people is the, the Rand dollar exchange rate. Currently, it's around 14 Rand um, for $1. So this makes it uh, very attractive um, for international investors to invest in, in South African companies because they come in with a, um, a very positive um, Rand dollar exchange.
1: Right. Especially it sounds like, you know, it's a great time for foreign investors with the uncertainty of the election and, you know, kind of clearing the air with these fraudulent charges. But on the other side of both of those is probably a big upswing and investors could get in now with a lower exchange rate and ride that upward momentum.
2: That's exactly true. You know, if they invest now, they get a return on investment quite um, very fast, you know. Um, just be, by riding that um, RAND-dollar exchange rate.
1: Great. Well, so Jacques, how does that those economic factors that you just talked about affect small businesses, but you know, specifically the sales of small businesses, like the business that we're in?
2: Now, so um, uh, there's a buzz all around the world with small and medium businesses being the future of the economy. And th- that's the same in South Africa. Um, small businesses will be playing a bigger and bigger role in the in the economy, and um, you know people are getting laid off um, from big companies, and they don't have a choice. They they need to do something, and they, they go into small business, either starting their own business or or purchasing a an existing small business. Um, the major stumbling block, I think, it's worldwide for small businesses um, or individuals to purchase a small business um, is finding access um, to to finances. And um, that, that's a big issue in South Africa currently for individuals to, to enter the small business market. Um, and that's where we, we actually come on board, and, and especially with the franchising and the, the franchise ex- expansion programs of international franchisors are playing a, a big part in, in creating new franchises in South Africa. And uh, I think that's where Transworld also are, are, Quite well situated in, in the market, as we've got access to those franchisors.
1: Right, right. So, so interesting. I mean, similar trends that we see across the world of you know buyers re- retiring from corporate and looking for a small business. You did mention, and my next question was, what's different about the process of buying a small business in South Africa? You mentioned financing. I mean, in the U.S., we have the SBA uh, guarantee program, which helps a lot. So, you know, what are some aspects of buying or selling a small business in South Africa that's um, unique or different to that market? Maybe financing is one of them, but are there others?
2: Yeah, um, you you mentioned now... um your finance models in, in the USA. And, and uh, a stumbling block in South Africa is that sellers are not um, really open and familiar to the seller finance option. Um, that's where we come on board and, and try to educate them that they actually can do, get more out of the business if they go to the, the finance after uh, seller finance option. And we've got a number of um, institutions that will also assist small businesses with finance. But um, the, the, there's a bigger owner contribution requirement, um, and that's where we individuals struggle. So, if the, fine, the seller is uh, willing to finance that portion, then um, we are able to find finances. But um, uh, uh, that is one of the, the um, similarities um, in with the United States market. But we've got a, a different. Um, uh, struggling, struggling block here as well, and, and that relates to um, labor law um, requirements. When it comes to the sale of a business, you can't just sell a business. There's a, a number of steps that needs to be followed with regards to the labor, all your your employees and stuff like that. And, and uh, again, uh, sorry, that's why we come in to educate the, the, the sellers. Um, they're not always familiar with that.
1: Right, right. Well, it sounds like, you know, having good advisors through this process of, you know, resources, like you mentioned, with through the franchise and through financing, but also knowing how to, you know, um, navigate those regulations is really important. Uh, So, Jack, before we finish up, I know um, we had talked about, you know, there's a great opportunity for international investors. And I think you have a specific opportunity that you wanted to highlight that would be of interest to the international
2: community. Yeah, that's correct. Um, my franchisee, who is covering the Gauteng East area, which is um, basically the Johannesburg um, East area, has um, successfully listed a, a $10 million company. So in South African um, currency, it's about 150 million rand um, company, which is quite um, a substantial company in South Africa. The, the head office is based in, in the Johannesburg East area. But most of their work is done in other Southern African and African countries in a whole. Um, It's in a construction um, type of company. And, um, you know, if we find uh, international investors who want to come on board in purchasing this company, uh, who wants a footprint in the African market, uh, this is an excellent opportunity for them. So, um, uh, Gavin may post soon um, some more information on your um, on that um, uh, ThrowPro pro platform. Um, you know, for the the um, hot opportunities for relocation. You know, that uh, Transworld offers.
1: Great. And for listeners, that's our our throw Pro program. And you can find that on TWorld.com. And that's um, hot opportunities that would be attractive to investors from multiple markets. Um, But Jacques, if anybody wants to contact you and learn more about additional opportunities in South Africa for investment, how would they be able to reach you?
2: So um, our local website is um, www.tworldba.co.za. And um, my email address is jstolz at TWorld.com. And obviously, um, I can be reached through the international T-World website as well.
1: Great, great. And for listeners, we'll drop uh, those emails and those links down into our show notes. Jacques, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your expertise about the South
2: African market. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to some international um, investors contacting me. And uh, thanks again for the opportunity. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for Listing of the Week.
1: Welcome back, everybody, and thanks for joining us again. We have our Listing of the Week this week from Stephen Hansen of our San Diego North office. Stephen, welcome back to the show, and thanks for joining us.
3: Jessica, it's great to be with you again.
1: So tell us a little bit about this listing that you have for sale in San Diego. Yeah,
3: you know, this is one of these uh, really interesting listings that uh, actually could be uh, sort of a uh, something that someone might want to move from another part of the country to Southern California for. It is a a full-scale, upscale fitness center uh, located in a premier part of San Diego County that has been in business for about 18 years, and the current owners are, you know, it's time to move on and do some other things in their life.
1: Nice. Well, you know, now would be an ideal time to move to Southern California, especially with some of the winter weather that the rest of the country has been getting. So I can definitely see the attraction there. You know,
3: it's been interesting since we put this listing out, um, probably uh, at least half of the people that have inquired uh, have been from cold weather states. And they're all like, I used to live in California and this one looks like worth coming back for. You know, my I've been wanting to get back to California and this business looks so great. Uh, I really want to take a, a good look at it so I can, you know, pl- uh plan my future to come back to California.
1: Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about like what's what's drawing these buyers to this business or what is the owner doing that makes this business so attractive?
3: So this is a um it is a full uh uh all encompassing fitness center. They have, you know, over uh a hundred classes a week going on in there. They have power training for those bodybuilder type people. And then for the regular folks who just want to get in there and just, you know, do their, 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 their routine, their cardiovascular routine, and workout out on the, on the, you know, the machines they have, they have something for everything. Now, one of the things that they have focused on uh, to to differentiate themselves from some of the, you know, the national brands is, uh, is, Customer service. So they're unique. They are not their their market is not the thirty five dollars a month type crowd. They have uh, almost three thousand members, and their you know their base package is uh, almost hundred dollars a month. So they're looking for somebody who wants something different. So how do they do that? You know, one of the things when you walk in the door there. Yeah, It's a great presentation. The place looks beautiful. It's spotless. Everybody's smiling. They're all professional. They're in great uniforms. And then throughout the club, there are things like cold towels, hot towels, eucalyptus this. I mean, there's all these other special amenities that separate them from some of the brands that we all know that's out there.
1: Wow. Sounds very upscale and very customer focused and a great deal for anybody if they're living in California or looking to relocate back. So Stephen, tell us a little bit about the numbers. Um, You know, what is the business listed for? What's the SDE? Anything good like that?
3: Sure. So the the club is doing, um, you know, over $3 million a year. And, you know, one of the things that's really great with a club like this is, you know, almost all of that uh, revenue is recurring revenue. People are on, uh, you know, a. Uh, um, a, a plan of some type and, you know, their credit card gets uh, charged uh, every month. And it's always really great to have that recurring revenue as a uh, part of your revenue stream. Uh, that's one thing that really, you know, helps uh, when people look at a club like this, they go like, that's great to have that recurring revenue. Um, with that, uh, their, their S, their SDE that, um, uh, we're looking at is uh well over about 15 percent of the uh of the revenue and uh yeah so that's uh it's quite well run um you know everybody you can always probably look at ways like oh, maybe i could do this better or that better but uh you know one of the things that they you know for example where they're located in the city and the part of the city they're in um there it's hard to park but that building has. Uh, a, a parking garage in it, so they they pay for the parking for everybody um, little, little little things like that help them get that special price you know as a member uh, and as part of their customer service package so that they can make it easy for people to come and go
1: well it sounds like a great business stephen if if someone wants to learn more or talk with you about you know potentially acquiring this business how would they get in touch with you
3: best way to get in touch with me is to shoot me an email at Stephen Hansen, excuse me, let me go back on that. S Hansen at tworld.com.
1: Great. And we will drop that into the show notes as well. Stephen, as always, it was a pleasure having you on the show and best of luck with this listing.
4: Thanks so much, Jessica,
3: and have a great day.
4: Hey, we're back and we have a very special guest. Uh, they're all special, but this is a very special guest from all the way around the world, uh, from where I'm sitting, of course. And we have Jeremy O'Gorman from Trans World Business Advisors of Manly, and that is in Australia. And we're going to talk a little bit about today about buying and selling businesses in Australia. You know, uh, one of the nice things about Australia is uh, they have a very sort of similar economy to the United States. Uh, and uh, but, uh, you know, when I came over there, Jeremy, I just got I, I was overwhelmed by number one, how beautiful it is. but it's still like a really young, vibrant kind of country. Lots of opportunities. So, why don't you give us a little bit of, you know, what the business sales cycle is like over there right now?
7: Yeah, thanks, Andy, and thanks for having me on. Oh, look, the, the business economy in general at the moment is um, a little bit flat, but in, as it, in terms of what you just said about the vibrance of the city, I mean, it, it really is going well, but. We've just come through what we've called a, a banking royal commission, which is a an investigation on our banks about how they conduct their business, and that has put a bit of pressure on the loans in in Australia because the banks are sort of clamped down until the results came out, which were out just this week. Um, that should improve, so we should see an uptick in not only um, business sales but banks willing to lend to to buy, to buyers of those businesses. Um, I suppose what everyone's been waiting for is the end of this Royal Commission so business can get on with it and, and sort of improve from there. In terms of you know the economy, the economy is actually ticking on really well. We've still got a low interest rate environment, um, which is generating a lot of sort of sales, consumer sales, which hopefully then will sort of come into you know increasing the prices for the business when they are up for sale. Well, that's great.
4: It kind of sounds like what we're going through right now. And, you know, there's always rocky things, of course, going on politically and geopolitically and, you know, economy wise, uh, we still do have a low interest rates. Uh, we just went through a uh, e- uh, government shutdown, which was interesting. Uh, so that halted lending for us. So we understand that. So, uh, you know, small business in general, uh, you know, it's a, What's it like over there? Is it, a, it there's good opportunity?
7: Most small businesses are, are, are ticking along reasonably well. In, in fact, because as I said, the consumer confidence is is, is fairly high for Australian standards with the low interest rates. So most small business owners are, you know, in all all fields are finding that there is people willing to spend money. Um, probably the same as you in the US. Um, the IT sector seems to be running very hot, and then sort of behind that, the hospitality sector is is ticking along well because uh, about two years ago, people were sort of penny-pitching and worried about what was going on. There's a lot more relaxed um, consumer sentiment. So, you know, the people are going out to dinner. They are spending money at, in the hospitality sector. So probably the two strongest sectors for us is IT and hospitality at the moment. That's great.
4: Uh, you know, that's certainly true with us too, you know, hospitality is always, I think, close to be number one. Construction seems to be a big one for us as well. Uh, Does that hold true in your area? Uh,
7: Look, construction's there. Um, What what, what, what I've seen in Sydney anyway, and and it seems to be trending around around the rest of the world, we've just come through a, a massive boom in real estate prices. So Uh, in 2018 the prices went up by 20 percent the average house here in australia in sydney sale price is about 880,000. so we've gone through that so the construction side of things has been trying to cash in on that what we what we have found is that they've built a a huge number of uh, unit blocks and they're a lot of them are sitting empty at the moment and they can't sell them. So there's a little bit of, in terms of the housing market, that's slowing down a little bit. All right.
4: So there's a little bit of supply there and that always drives opportunity too. So what are you seeing out there as far as demographics of people in business or thinking about exiting or even buying?
7: Yeah. Look, I think we're following your pattern in the US. We've certainly got, um, as you call them, the baby boomers uh, coming into retirement. Um, I would say, 80% of all listings through my book are people that are looking to retire. Um, On the flip side of that, we're getting a lot of buyers that are sort of the professional that uh, have been working in in the cities or whatever, and they're sort of looking to take control of their own destiny. Um, And that's really on the back end of, uh, we haven't had any significant wage increases in Australia for about five years. And so people are starting to feel that um, if they stay in their their job and all they're doing is earning money for someone else. So they're they're looking to get out and uh, buy a business that they might have some experience in.
4: Well, that's that's pretty much what we do too. I mean, obviously people are looking to fill in, as we call it, the American dream. Uh, I guess you could call it the Australian dream of owning your own business and, you know, being your own boss. So that's great. How about franchising? I mean, when I was there, it seemed like franchising is really growing there as well.
7: Yeah, look, um, unfortunately with franchising, um, we've had a couple of issues with uh, a couple of large franchises that have just recently gone under um, and it's left a lot of people high and dry um, and and uh, that's been in, played out in the media and, and unfortunately still is. So there's a little bit of caution in terms of people looking for franchises at the moment. Um, on the flip side, I spoke to a couple of people about, a, you know, our, one of our brands signorama and they were just asking about you know the longevity what it does and how it gets trained and and by the end of the conversation they felt a lot more comfortable about um the processes that ufg uh, have and you know that uh, me being a franchisee absolutely so it's easy to sort of talk to someone but there is some caution out there about franchises
4: sure sure well you know that it, it does go in cycles and uh you know obviously a good brand like you you've the ones that they have at Europe are certainly sought after. And, you know, the big ones like, uh, and I know they name them different things uh, sometimes over there, but, you know, the McDonald's of the world and those kind of things are always popular. So, um, so you know, if somebody wanted to start a business or even thinking of relocating to Australia, you know, what kind of tips do you have for them?
7: Yeah, look, um, it's it's interesting you say that, Annie, because they've just um, introduced a new law. Uh, immigration law so um it's you can now come and if you want to start up a business and you've got to obviously have a business plan and and show that you know that it, it possibly worked but you can come to australia and start up a business um and if if you're still going after two years um you can apply for um residency here in australia um so that's just come in 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 on the other side of things, the other laws here, most sort of the target laws is uh, if you wanted to buy a business here in Australia um, and move over here, you have to spend at least 350000 and then live here for four years and of those four years, your business has to be running at a profit for two years and, the, and then after that, um, you're allowed to apply for your residency.
2: Well.
4: There sounds like there's a lot of opportunity in Australia and uh, we look forward to talking to you more about it soon. So, Jeremy, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how's best to reach out?
7: Uh, look, I think it's best to either send me an email on j o gorman J-O-G-O-R-M-A-N at tworld.com.au or the flip side is plus 61413151607.
4: It's been great having you on. Thanks so much for uh, waking up early and I stayed in a little late. And so thanks. No, pleasure,
7: Andy. And thank you for having me.
4: Thanks for tuning in to our show today. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcasting app and leave us a review. If you have questions or suggestions for the show, visit us at tworld slash the deal board or email us at the deal board at tworld.com.
0: Mom, Dad, I humbly suggest you save some money and shop Amazon for back to school. It's for my growth, meaning my body's growing at an alarming rate. And clothes you buy me this year will be very small very soon. Plus, the clothes I love today will be out of style tomorrow. But at least your wallet doesn't have to be my fashion victim. If you shop low prices for school at Amazon. Hopefully this is helpful. Amazon. Spend less, smile more.
1: Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your
7: schedule. So you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently. At capella.edu.